Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to Tempence Arcade Podcast Lunchtime Club. Hello, yes, I'm Sean Holly, and who are you, Vic? I mean, who are you? Uh, I am Vic Marland, alias Vertvic, and welcome yes. to Lunchtime Club on ARCADE Radio. <laughs> yeah, we're recording a bit earlier this week because you're out seeing a band or something like tonight. Well, I've got to see a band called Rise Against. I really like. And yesterday, daytime in the car, I said to wife. Oh, I must look out the tickets for Rise Against. That's coming soon. And she looked like on our calendar or whatever and went, it's tomorrow, you idiot. Ah, panic, panic. So oh. I had to see her mum to get her to send me the email because she bought them for me because it's an O2 priority thing and she, her phone's with O2. So they do a lot of the venues in London. And I had to do that, get online, find out her card number to get the, to retrieve the information. God, it was a pain in the balls. But I've got mm. my ticket now, and I'm ready to go tonight. And there's another band called Sleeping With Sirens. Not the ones on top of police, police cars. cars. The ones in the sea, I think. And there's another band on as well. So I want to see Sleeping With Sirens, uh, and I'm not sure about the other band. But yeah, I've got to get there early to see them as well. So I have to be in sort of London town, in Brixton, by 7 o'clock. So right. I'm going to finish here about 4, and I have to get out of here, hot-foot it out the door and get gone. Are they one of them sort of dark bands that wear black and talk about dead girlfriends and stuff no they're sort of uh, rise against a sort of uh, shouty loud um, protest singers it's good American band they're really good really like them what, what are they rising against Anything? oh everything more than likely Trump rise <laughs> against Trump yes so anyway that's what I'm doing tonight uh, do you want to know what I've been doing lately or you can tell me what you've been doing lately son shall I start Let's rewind back a week. We're doing the wobbling hands, listeners. One week ago, this very day or the day before, I went to the Batcave Halloween Do, the retro games night in Blackburn called the Batcave. There was monster-themed games everywhere. Monsters! Lots of monsters, but I'll tell you what they did have. Yes. Guess what, they, guess what they did have? They had Polybius on PlayStation 4 VR. Oh, is this the new Jeff Minter thing? Yeah, and a I didn't even know it was out yet. I thought it was being in development at the moment. No, it's it, it really... When I first put it on, it actually took my breath away. You're in this, like, really fast-moving, blocky environment, and it's just a wash of colour and sound. What, and for a Llamasoft game? That's unusual. I know. And it's sort of like... Tempest, I suppose. You're shooting into the screen, but there's also quite a lot of dodging in it as well. Can I say again? What? An Alarmasoft game? Yeah. <laughs> Flying through gates and stuff. I played it for about, honestly, about 25 minutes on one game. And then threw up. And I thought, right, that's enough. I don't want to play it anymore, but I'm glad I had the experience of playing it, but I wouldn't buy it. No. 
Because I, I went to see a friend of mine, uh, Adrian, who's uh, a bit of an arcade guy, more of a console guy actually, and a massive technophile. He loves technology. And he'd just been out and bought the iPhone 10 that day. He's got more money in the sense, that lad. And we were talking, he showed me some stuff on PS4 that he's got there, because he's got a PS4 Pro. He just bought an Xbox One X, which is the new 4K super duper blah blah boring yawn Xbox thing. Mm he was showing me some games on there, and he, he was talking about VR, and obviously he's got VR. And I said, look, I'm not interested in that. I'm really not. And he said, eh, I said, and we're talking about stuff. And I said, look, I don't think it's going to catch on, because it's just too expensive. He said, well, you're right. A minimum a minimum is 600 quid for a VR setup. Mm. And I don't even think that involves a PC. That's, like, that's just a headset for the PS4, I think. Because they've got their own VR, haven't they? Yeah. So, yeah, that sort of stuff doesn't interest. It really doesn't interest. But he was also talking about... I've had this theory that um, that VR won't really catch on because it's too expensive. You look like a tool when you're playing it. It's just too cumbersome. But the augmented reality stuff where you like look through a phone and you can see stuff on a table behind the phone that's not there, that kind of thing. They do it mm. on 3DS as well. They do it for a while. But apparently you can play board games now when there's not even a board in front of you. <laughs> yeah. So it's stuff like that. It's really clever stuff. And I think VR is going to go the educational route. So... You put a VR headset on, you can walk around ancient Rome, or you can walk into a volcano, or I don't know firefighters can use it for training safely and stuff like that, which I think it'd be brilliant for. Yeah. But for games, yeah. I think it, the, if you're moving too fast for stuff, you're going to feel sick, and it's just it's such a an attack on your senses. I don't think humans can get on with it well because I had a go on a VR a few years ago when it was really early. It was a rocking like a roller coaster thing that just rocks like a pirate ship. And mm. I felt sick doing that. And that was really primitive graphics. And I felt sick doing that. But I used to feel yeah. sick playing Doom back in the day. Because the way, yeah. way he sways when he's running. Yeah, I've, I've heard people just, say just didn't like it. No, I don't like it. I think this this PlayStation one, it's the most comfortable headset I've worn. Yeah. And I think I've had a go of all of them, I think, really, on, at the shows and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it is... Very good to play for a short burst, but I didn't yeah. want that thing on my head any longer. I wanted to play a 2D game with a joystick. I, I kind of feel that I'm not totally against it, but I think it's going to be it's going to be like an arcade thing. You'll you'll go somewhere like Arcade Club, for instance, it's got a load of them to go and play it because it's too expensive for the home. It's going to be constantly needing upgrading and updating when they make it better, and it's just going to be too expensive for a normal user. And I think normal users like to sit on the couch with a girlfriend, the friends, the wives, whatever. Uh, your dog at your side with a pad in your hand playing a game on the TV. Don't forget the biscuits or cheese its And when you finish, mm. you just turn the TV back on and play whatever you're doing. With all the VR stuff, I think it's just a bit too cumbersome, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you want a fun fact about the... You mentioned the Xbox One X. I'd love a fun fact about that. I was reading a, this morning on Tinterweb, so it's got to be true. They're about 500 quid as well. Whoa. Yeah, they're, they're the most powerful. I think they're more powerful than the equivalent sony playstation Yawn. yes but the the downloads there's are getting i think there's one halo 5 and there's gears of war 4 or whatever mm. and the downloads are, are over now a hundred gig <gasps> to download you're joking jesus on a pogo stick 100 gig that's that's two blu-rays full of information yeah so blu-ray holds about 50 doesn't it i don't know <gasps> that's I insane think, 
I think most of it, I, I can't imagine the game engine being massive on these games. Like, it could be like three or four or even five gig, but I think it's all the graphics and the sound and wow. all these mega high textures that they've now got to include in 4K gaming. Yeah. Well, talking of Halloween, um, yes. wife did a Halloween party because she bought a load of Halloween stuff in America because it's huge in America. When we're over there. We had a suitcase full of the damn stuff. It's real cool stuff, though. Um, we had like this Halloween party for a few friends and stuff around. I had my Nest Mini playing on my little telly with Ghosts and yeah. Goblins on for people to play, and Castlevania because they're sort of Halloween y themed things. I had a good go of that on a bunch of games before people come around, so I was just setting it up. And I thought, I'll have a go on this. I haven't really played enough of my Nest Mini because it's been hacked, it's got all the different games on with different emulators and stuff. And I thought Metroid was really dull. I never played yeah. it before, and I thought, I'll have a go, Metroid. And I thought it was dead dull. Just running backwards and forwards, and it's just yeah, a bit boring for me. I know it's a big game, but not for me. Don't like it. You did send me a terrifying photo that made me burst out laughing. Yes, that was my <laughs> costume. What were you, Rocky Horror or something? I was Frankenfurter from when he's in the in with the surgery gown, the green surgery gown. How do you do, man? See you've met, man. Faithful hand in hand. I had put pink oh rubber gloves on and a silly wig and makeup and stuff. Can we put that photo on the show notes? No, we cannot. That's not happening. I've, I've got it on my phone. I can put it on. I could punch you in the chin. <laughs> I'll rip your moustache off, sir, like a fake one. <sighs> I was at the Batcave and you, and you said... Yeah, because Lewis put a tweet up with you with a silly VR sat on. And I said, tell Holly to look at his, his messenger. And it was me. <laughs> Rocky! <laughs> oh, that's great, that. So that was that. And one of the guests um, was a game tester. He works for one of the big games companies. And he's been ultra busy lately, like working Saturdays and Sundays, testing out all the Xbox One X newly refurbed games because they've, they've done them up to 4K HD and all this sort of stuff. And I said to him, no one cares because they haven't got Mario or Zelda. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've turned into a Nintendo nerd again. <laughs> and he reckons the new Xbox is like four times more powerful and with enhanced 4K and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he reckons they're redoing a lot of the older games with newer gra- graphics. And I suggest they should include a sticker on the box, on the disc box, with just a bit of old rope sellotape to it. Because it is basically money for old rope, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to buy a 500 quid console, you want some new content, surely. Not just the old games looking a bit nicer. You just want to fill it with main games. What you you could do, instead of doing that, is just just go about three feet further back from the TV so you can't tell the difference anyway. Yeah. That's my. (laughs) Give me the 500 quid and I'll just move your sofa back three feet for you. I could, I could do that as a little sort of service, couldn't I? Xbox One enhancement system. Where I just say, <laughs> give me your money, just shove them back three feet. God. Yes. God. Oh, i tell you what. What? I did a six-minute walk round with Jake Smith of the Minimum Power Down podcast. Minimum Power Downs. Up yeah. the Minimum Power Downs. They're not going to like that. And can I put it, can I insert it into this little audio silence here? Insert away, sir. Hello and welcome to the Batcave Halloween special. I'm here with my very special best friend ever, Mr. Jake Smith. Hello, Jake Smith from Maximum Power Up. Hello, hello. How is everybody today? I can't hear you. It's just recording. Oh, no, I forgot. 
So we're going to have a look at all these little lovely machines. We've got quite a lot lined up here today and with all the, the Halloween theme running through everything and kicking us off we've got Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube. I bloody yeah. love this game. Yeah. I absolutely adore it. I've never played it. It's superb. It makes the GameCube sing and it's so cute. It is, isn't it? And over there on the Mega Drive is that Dai Makamura? Oh, or yeah. Makamura? Oh, Dai Makamura. It's hard work that is. It is, it is. <laughs> That's one to make you pull your hair out like you already have done, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a lovely barman selling beer. Yes, with the tap and pin, tap and pin. That's great, that. You give him money and he gives you beer. Yeah. Isn't that great? Always works a yeah. treat, that doesn't it? And then we got someone struggling with Pac-Man. So yeah, we complete it. We have a cab, Lewis's cab, a Woody Jammer cab, yeah. with that God of Game boarding. So there's lots of stuff on there. Yep. Next up, we got PS4, Polybius. Yeah, this is uh, the modern, the modern game here. Headset on and everything, so someone is completely tripping out and having a great time. I played the Halo on. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's an amazing game. Really does feel completely different for anything else I've ever played. You can only play, I can only play it for so long and then I've had enough yeah, with, with VR. Yeah. But it, it is brilliant. I love that kick you get when you put the headset on, the first level starts and you feel a rush. Like yeah. you're coming up on digital drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and over to the corner on the big, big screen. This is the game of the night where it's a competition, taking it down to the last eight. Yep. Tournament. Bloody Raw 3. On PS2. Bloody Raw. And it's probably going to be the same culprit, same with his brother, here in the final usually. Yeah, some awesome players. Yeah. And next up we've got Galaxy Force 2 on a sand. That's a... What's that? It's on the Saturn with the custom yeah. control, the yeah. joystick. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so it feels a lot more like the arcades, but it feels a bit switchy. It feels a little bit, whereas the arcades are a little smoother in movement. Next yeah. up, Famicom. Yep, the Splatterhouse. Wampaku uh, Graffiti. So it's the sort of, yeah, it's the kiddified version of the Splatterhouse, the Japanese only. So no go. No, I don't think the Famicom can handle it anyway if there was. It looks nice, it's fun to play. And then we have a ghost playing something because it's Halloween. It's not a ghost. He'll kill you, man. That's Mimikyu from Pokemon. Is it? Yeah. Is that your son? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> There's another Mimikyu here and I go, go home with the wrong Pokemon. <laughs> Jason is playing, what is that? I haven't got a clue. Uh, is it Tekken? Tekken uh, 7? Yeah, Tekken, Tekken, yeah. 7. Tekken 7. Oh, it's too new for us too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving along slowly. Loads of characters to select in that. Yeah, it's a bazillion of them. Yeah. Oh, so the Dead 2. Yeah! With the light guns. Yep, on a good old a Sony PBM CRT. Yeah. So the light guns work properly. Perfect picture. Yeah. Really and on sure. PS1 over there, what is that? I don't know. I've seen some kind of helicopter in bits of it. I don't know what's playing on that at the moment. We'll have to have a look. Yeah. Hang on. It's probably um, of a Halloween type theme. Could be a game with helicopters in it. It's got a helicopter. It's definitely got a helicopter. Confirmed. We just waffle for a bit and then it'll come on. Yeah, we can edit that later. Yeah, yeah. Next to that is another splatter house. On the PC engine. Yeah. Better version. It does look nice, doesn't it? And on the second big projector, you've got a typing of the dead. Yes. Which is House of the Dead, but you've got a keyboard and you've got to type the words as they come towards you, the zombies come towards you. You do, and it, but because Lewis has got a Japanese Dreamcast, we've got an extra hardness level of having to type Japanese words. <laughs> 
Hengeti. So yeah. unless you know what the words are in Japanese, it's difficult to look down and type the whole thing. So if someone said jam butties to you, you'd be able to type all that one go. Be harder, that's the word. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough, but it's great fun. Grand final, oh, grand final of Bloody Raw. There's Lewis there with Lewis IV, little Lewis IV. Yes, Lewis IV. Lewis the fourth. We got the, the venerable Street Fighter. You've always got to have a Street Fighter. You've always got a Street Fighter. It's on What's the that, Super Famicom. Yeah, Super Famicom. And next to that, we have a Saturn with Pooley Ruler, uh, which is an absolutely nuts game. Real cartoon style graphics. A bit rude, a bit sort of a street brawly type of gameplay, I think. Like a scrolling beat em up. Yeah. What's it called? Pooley Ruler. Right. It's good fun. And. Hang on, excuse me. Magician Lord on a Neo Geo MBS. Which is Sorry, not MBS, AES. Yeah, one console. of the release games for the AES. Yeah, it? one of the first albums. And it is, I've been playing it, I've played it on and off for a couple of years, just messing with it. And it is rock hard. Yeah, it's very unforgiving, isn't it? Rock hard. Yeah. And unforgiving's my way of saying, what an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final game. On a lovely little PS1. I'll take Delta. Yeah. They're cute, them PS1s. They look like a sandwich. It does, not it? It's like, I'll put that in my lunchbox and take yeah. it to work. Put some, some jam in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah, that'll do nicely. Uh, so, R-Type Delta, it looks a bit wobbly with the 3D polygons on the PlayStation. I do prefer the sprite artwork of the original R-Types. And uh, I just reached a bit of that absolutely mauled me. It was, I thought it was a bit unfair, so I put the pad down in disgust and had some jelly babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It's excellent here, as always. Nice and noisy, lots of games, lots of competition, a few drinks, good chat. It's yeah. all good fun. Enjoying this, Jake? No problem, enjoyed being here. First Saturday of every month this is on at Matt Cave yes. in Blackburn. Get yourself down there, kids. See you I soon. Was about it anyway. yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. Nice. There you go. Nice. Sounds like fun. Yeah, brilliant. Another great night. Excellent. So, as well as that Halloween y stuff going on, I did a few bits in the garage. Been sorting bits and bobs out every now and again when I can. Yeah, change the oil on your car. and. Yeah, but no, that's not to do with arcades. I sorted out one of the panels on my first sub-electro ISIS, sorry. I made one that was deep enough to cover the bit of glass to hold it in place, because normally a control panel comes just over the glass to hold it down. And yeah. the one I had on was a bit short, and the glass was just sitting on top of it. So I've done that, because it was a bit scruffy as well, and I've got some new glass that I've been doing with the tinted stuff, which didn't work very well, as we found out last time. Mm. So I'll get some new glass, actually get it tinted professionally this time. We've just been sort of smartening them up, one of them the other day, I moved some PCBs around the side, so you can actually stick. There's two PCBs on the walls of the inside of the cab. Karate Champ and Rescue, the two joystick games. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting in there. They're going to be permanent in there. And I might be able to put another game in there as well, perhaps in the back of it, but I haven't worked out what I want to play yet with two joysticks. But yeah, just sort of um, getting it sort of even, really. Getting everything yeah. sort of the same. And doing a bit more tidy in there. But mainly... Super Mario Odyssey! On the Switch. Yeah, we bought this game. Oh, God, it's great. It's so is good. It? It's so good. It really is. Some people have liked it, and I've heard a little bit of criticisms with the camera and stuff and how you throw your hat around and things like that, but I really love it. Absolutely love it. It's basically a Mario game created with the Zelda engine, so it's, it's sort of you can go anywhere you like and wander around and look at stuff, and it's almost open-world game. And it, it's got little hints of Zelda. If you've played a lot of Zelda, which I have, 
it's got little hints of Breath of the Wild in there. And it's pretty right. obvious, really. But it's really, really good. It's a lot of fun. It made me laugh out loud a few times. Very, very good. Excellent. Yeah, really enjoying that one. Um, wife's done it. Finished it. Not quite. Because there's, there's finishing it. There's like doing the game where you, you knock Bowser off his perch. And then there's doing the game with all 900... I think you, you collect moons in it. Rather than stars or coins, you collect moons. And there's, I think there's 900 to collect. And she's got 200 and something. So when you God. do the game, extra levels open up. And extra bits open up. And you can go back to the other levels. And you can find hidden different coloured coins. You can buy stuff. You can buy outfits for him and stuff as well. At the moment, I've got him with a rubber ring around his waist, and he's got a set of goggles on and stuff as well, so going in the water. There's all <laughs> sorts you can do to complete it 100%, and it's going to be a lot of fun, not just finishing the game killing Bowser off, but actually going back, because it reveals things you, you can't find beforehand. Because on the first level, you get so many moons, and apparently you can't get any more until you've knocked Bowser off. Then what happens is these big boxes open up or something and there's more moons in them. So it's, it's basically go back and look around again and find extra stuff you didn't know was even there. Right. Which is a lot of fun. I think it's going to be quite good, that one. Keep you going for a while. But I think we paid £41 for it because we got it on, I think, Amazon. Absolute yeah. bargain for £41. That's, they presume they call these AAA games nowadays. It's normally like 60 quid. But this yeah. game is going to keep you going for days and days and days of solid play, I think. Excellent. A lot of fun. Also, another thing I've been doing, I'll go back to arcade stuff. I've put my main computer back in my Naomi. Right, good. Because yeah. I haven't been in there for a while because I had the Naomi system in there with a the pie loader that Rich Chunks in did for me. And I wasn't using it very much, so I've put that to one side and put the main back in it. Because when I've been playing our main games or our arcade games we've been doing for the podcast, I've been playing them, if possible, on hardware, on actual PCBs, because I've had a few of them recently. But I need a MAME system to play them properly, because I was just playing them on, on a normal little LCD screen and a joystick, and I want to play them on a cab, because that's how we should be playing these games, if possible. Yeah. So I put it back in there, put Rock and Rope on there. I've been playing quite a lot of Rock and Rope, quite a lot, actually. I need to put on, because on my, on my Marla, which is the front end for my MAME system, I've got a separate page called the Tempe Experience, and it's all our games we've played over the past 97 podcasts oh that's good and a load of them are missing where i've had the the machine offline for a long time i need to put the roms in there and put the put the game list in there properly so i need to go back to when i took that machine out god knows how long ago and then put the missing games in so i can play them again nice and then obviously the next game we put in there i'll just put it on a rom adjust the the game list names and i'll be playing on there as well but yeah it's lovely playing that and i've got a new panel for that as well i've got a two-player panel so on there normally is a one-player panel with three buttons with uh, a servo stick, so I can swap between four and eight-way of a flick of a switch. Yeah. But I just got a new two-player panel with two joysticks and three buttons per side. So if we want to play some twin-stick games, I think you can play them on your machine now, can't you? Because you've got the the Pi to Arcade yeah. in your cab. You've got, your cab's got two joysticks, yeah? Yeah, the, the second one is not wired up, I don't think. It is, but it's just a separate, different joystick, isn't it? Because I put... Uh, uh, Sanwa one in your one player and the two player was just the normal one I don't think two player works I'm not sure I'll have oh, to we'll check. have to sort it out but I mean if yeah. we want to play some t- twin stick games like Robotron Karate Champ something like that in the future we can do it yeah so that'd be nice it should open up a little bit really because we're missing out on some of those games that use weird controls mm, yeah I've been thinking about that I'll tell you about that later on 
Mm. Anything else you've been up to? Yes! I have watched episode one of Stranger Things season two and it was based in a little vintage arcade so that's really good if you like it's it's a great series it's it's getting a lot of press attention at the minute but they're playing in this arcade and they're playing dig dug right yeah and the high score this girl gets a high score and she puts the initials in of mad max Uh but i'm i'm sure is it not three initials isn't it yeah it is Uh, i I saw i saw the picture of this on twitter and Without the six initials bit, I, at the first glance, I went, that's not a real machine. It's got a flat screen in it. Is it? Yeah. I didn't notice. Because I think that, I love Stranger Things. The first series was really good, really enjoyed it. I love the story, love the, the 80s bits, all the, all the actors, the, the really young actors in it are brilliant. Yeah. And I saw this and thought, that is a bit cheap, because you fall over dig machines in America. They could have got a real one, for goodness sake. Mm. Maybe it's something to do with the refresh rates of the cameras. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's a flat screen. I think that's right. a bit poor. That's a bit poor, isn't it? Could have put a little <laughs> bit more effort. I'm sure they they spent a fortune making a damn show. They could have put a bit more, a few quid into the arcade machines. Mm. But I've yet to else? watch it though. I need to watch it because uh, we, we have got on our list of things to watch. We've been watching the American Office lately. Good. Oh, it's so good. You know the the original UK office with Ricky Gervais and yeah. Steve Merchant? That's really, really good. This one is better in different ways. Yeah? It's, Steve right. Carell is amazing, and it? It's so good, mate. You've got to watch it. It's it's written by the same people who did Parks and Rec. Oh, Parks and Rec seen? was supposed to be a spin-off from The Office. So was it's the it? same writers. Yeah, it's the same writers. And you also need to watch... The Good Place, which is I the same been. writers. It's really good, isn't it? Have you got to yeah. the end of the first series yet? No, we're about seven in. And that, that Ted Danson's brilliant in it. You are up for a real treat. Let me just, mm. that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. We're on the second series now, so I, yeah. Any, anything Parks and Rec related, I love, because that is just a fantastic, feel-good comedy show. Watch it, kids. Yeah, it's really good. Real. We've been through it twice, actually, all seasons twice. <laughs> yeah, my lad has. I haven't. I've watched them all once. Guess what? I have now got in front of me right here now. Oh, actually, I've just seen this on our notes. Do tell. For the first time ever, I have a dedicated games room. All of wife's stuff is gone. I've thrown oh. it in the back garden. No, she sold a lot of it. Oh, all right. The sh- all the shelves are down. So I've got opposite me, I've got the cab, which is on. I've got my main setup, which is not on at a minute. To the left of me, I've got my little bar top. Yeah. So it's and I last night I switched all three on, and switched the lights off, and it was like my own arcade. It was great, it's like your arcade, great. I know exactly what it feels like. Another thing I was going to say, yeah, I've been trying to get you to buy another cab because I'm like a sort of cab pusher, man. I want you to have more cabs, and I know you haven't got a lot of room to do it, and you don't really need them because you've got probably enough for what you need to do. Yeah. But on a UK vac, our Ol Oliver Moazesi has bought twenty. New Astro City cabs. Mm, I know. And I think they're gone already. He bought them to sell. I think he's having one for himself. Uh, he might have sold all of them and forgot to get one for himself. But there's 20 knacks coming into the UK on a container very soon. And they are from, I think, they are from a Japanese arcade. I've got a feeling the Tri Arcade is closed down in Tokyo. I've been there. And they were going to Sweden. I think Yuan from uh, the Hay Sweden... Mm. The one we went to, the Hay Stockholm we went to, he's getting a load of them as well. So these right. are going to be stinky Japanese cabs that have been on for 16 hours a day in smoke-filled rooms in sweaty Japan, 
but they're going to be authentic Japanese cabinets. Brilliant. It's going to be good. I'm going to load them coming to Because I, I would like one, actually, to replace my Naomi. Mm. My Naomi's very big. Even if it's a cut-down one, it's very big, and it doesn't fit in the gap between the two ponies very well. And I'd like a proper a proper knack would be nice in there, but I've missed the boat on that. I can't really afford them at the moment, so I've missed the boat. But there might be some in the future coming through. I, I would like I think you should one, get one. At the minute, we've got other financial yeah, possibilities. Yeah, I mean, real life up. gets in the way, doesn't it? You've got to pay for other stuff as well. Yeah, we've got problems in bathroom, and it's Ooh, not just me, not is it just you me being in there. Not just that. I think there's leaks everywhere, so it needs sorting. What, leaks as in those Welsh onions? Yeah. What are they doing in there? Wife did that to me once. It was when we first moved in, I was getting really stressed out because there was things we had to do. And she was, oh, have you seen that leak in the bathroom? I went, oh, no, what? And she was on the toilet. I went in there, got me hands and knees. Where is it? And she went, there you with it. And it's just a leak she put on the top of it. The- <laughs> oh, <excellent>. Stupid woman. <laughs> yeah, so your proper games room, nice. Yeah, it's also also I've still I've got my thirty two inch LCD, yeah, and I could put my Raspberry Pi in that, and I could have another screen on with like. I think you should. Okay, games. You know what you need to do. You need to be quiet about having a games room because Alex will be up soon. Yeah, he'll be doing his game room tour. He's already been on to me again because he's seen how my games room is actually quite tidy now, and he wants to come round and do a little video. So I'll have to have him round soon to do that. Because mm. I I'm getting to the stage now where I'm getting things where I sort of want it and think yeah. I could have this videoed and put on YouTube. Now, I wouldn't mind people seeing it. But before, yeah. it's always like, no, nah, that isn't quite right. That isn't working. You know, this is a bit untidy. And it's getting to the stage now where, yeah, I want to do that. And also, news for me, I'm going to try and get a new house in the new year. I'm going to move. Right. Want a bigger games room. I don't blame you. And, and more of a house-shaped house. Our house is very long. And it is, isn't it? Yeah. And we want the more squarer rooms and a smaller garden because the garden's just too big to look after. It's ridiculous. And we have looked at one a little bit further afield, still in Middlesex, but a little bit further out, so it's, you get more sort of house for your money. And it had like a, a games room, sorry, it's actually a garage. I call them games rooms. I always call them games rooms, because they <laughs> yeah. are, they're arcades. And it was about four times bigger than what I've got at the moment. You're going to end up with four times more cabs, though. No, no. People say this to me. You're the second person that said that to me. Oh, you get more cabs. I don't necessarily want more cabs. I want more room to move around and to work on them. Maybe a little mm. area with a sofa and a cocktail cabinet, maybe, or just some room to move. So you're not sort of constantly backing up, you know, with people who's trying to play in the arcade as well. When I want to pull a machine out to change a game round, I'm not playing cab Tetris every time I go in the garage. That's what I want more than anything. It's just a little bit of room to move around, mm. you know. So it's not it's not about having tons and tons of cabs because I only play one every time I go in there. Only one or two, maybe. So only when I have people round, I play. More than one. But if I have a bigger games room and I do it out nicely, I'll have more meetings around and more people around. Nice. So that'd be nice as well because I do like hosting a little arcade meet. But at the, re- the time lately, it's been too crowded to be in there, really. So that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. In the new year, though, not just yet. That'd be good, that. Yes. Have you got any news for me? Arcade news. Let's put a jingle in right here. Arcade news. Here's, here's a nice little blog from ed freeze who is friends at the minute with andy wellburn and yes. he is talking about the first video game rom which, yes. which apparently was on a game called grand track 10 which is a very early sort of overhead driver yes this is just after when they did the ttl logic stuff because pong never had any roms didn't have any information it was all done in, in hardware and mm. this is the first one that had code on eproms i suppose 
Mm. Yeah, it's a really yeah. interesting story how they, they found it, eventually found some boards and was able to carefully pull the chips off without them falling apart and read the information off of them. And now they've got it so they can re- redo that information to keep the boards alive. Absolutely found the very brilliant. first ROM, yeah. Yeah, awesome. That, that is a very good blog. It's not updated very often, but when it is, it's a really good read. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because... I mean, Oh, what did he do? The one with Gotcha as well. I think Ed Freeze. Yeah, that was a really interesting read. I'll put it on the notes. So this is from the uh, the Cabaret Games Facebook website web page, and it's basically uh, a drink someone's made up with a glass, and there's an Atari cocktail glass next to it with uh, an Atari joystick on the side, and it's a skewer with loads of grapes up it, and little skewers at the side, and some cherries at the top, and it looks just like the centipede on the side of centipede cap. It's awesome. I'll put the picture on the website so everyone can see us. Cool that. It's awesome. Right, is is another good another cool blog. The story behind Horror Games Shark Jaws Horror Games, as we know, was a name for Atari. Yes, the sneaky buggers. And this is the little shenanigans that went on, so they didn't get sued by the makers of the film Jaws. But that's that's a nice little, a nice little read. I thought it was quite funny. I read that, and it said Atari used or Horror Games in inverted brackets used. The name they put in really tiny letters, shark, and then really big letters, Jaws. So everyone yeah. would think it was a tie-in with a movie. And apparently they used the name Horror Games as like a sort of... They did that with key games as well, didn't they? Yeah. They set up their own sort of pretend rival company so they could sell more games. And basically the lawyers of whatever company made Jaws took them about half a day to work it out it was Atari because on the actual PCBs, it's got Atari Shark Jaws on it. So all you need to do is open the back of them and just go, uh-oh, I know what's going on here. Idiots. <laughs> Here's some good news. Arcade Club last week turned three years old. It'll never last that place. It'll never it work won't. out. <laughs> no. It's so working out, isn't it? Gone from a little shop in Haslingdon. Yeah, well, you to... had your birthday party that time. Yay! That was fun. To... To a bigger unit in Haslingdon, which could house a hundred games. That's right, yeah. And then it went to Berwick. which was yeah, which was a joint venture at the start between Retro Games Party and Arcade Club. And then they both went their separate ways. James went off to build the higher business, and Andy went to do the bigger Arcade Club in Bury. And now which it's is the now, biggest in Europe. Now it's two floors, two floors, kids. Yeah. So well done to them. It is officially the best place in the world it's certainly one of the top contenders <laughs> yes. i like it i've been lots of places in the world so i know different things but yeah it's absolutely brilliant that part we had there the other week awesome i hope they have one of those at least twice a year in future mm. get all of us together it's real nice yeah if you if you're ever in manchester bury is is in manchester isn't it great manchester, manchester go to arcade club uh, is it only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday? It is open Thursdays. The lower floor is open Thursdays now. The modern the dancey dance game, one, yeah. Even that alone would be worthwhile going. Yeah, and, and that's coming from someone who isn't into modern games. It's brilliant. Yeah, so get a go if you can. Tell them we sent you. They also have a little arcade inside the arcade. In in the new, well, it's not new now. I think it was March when it opened. The floor two. Yeah, they have a little side room with about 10 classic cabs in it. Oh, nice. As it so should it's nice. be. It's nice in there. You can go in there. They've got like Gyrus, Scramble, Tron, Star Wars, Space Invaders. That'll do. And a couple of others. That'll yeah. do for me. Nice. Time pilot. Get the kids in there on the DDR machines and the flipping the table over game. 
And you go in there and play some Space Invaders. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. Also, the next piece of news, Dave Perry from Games Master is back. He's, he's started a new YouTube channel called Games Animal TV. And this is following on from earlier on this year when he was at Revival. And he's rekindled his interest in the retro game scene. Oh, cool. So he's going to be doing little little YouTube videos. There's nothing on the channel at the minute apart from old posts about Games Master shows, you know, little clips and that. Yeah. But he's back, so good luck to Dave. Hope it goes well. I don't really know a lot about Dave Perry. Uh, all I found out was when they did an interview on RGDS, I think. Because mm. uh, I never used to watch Games Master. I don't know why I didn't watch it. Maybe I was too old. Maybe I had the kids by then. I can't remember. But I never used to watch it. But I sort of recognised the guy from somewhere. And he was a, a revival, as you said. And he's mm. a super nice guy. I didn't get to talk to him. But I know a lot of people who did. And apparently he's a super nice guy. And he really enjoyed himself. Because he'd been out of it for years. Because he got screwed over by the TV programme, apparently. Somehow. Yeah, if yeah. you go into it and re-listen to RGDS, tell you what happened on it. And... It's nice that he's coming back to it because people do know him. I mean, loads of people know who he is and apparently he's a very good games player as well. Very, very good. And mm. he is actually a tattooist by trade now. Yeah. So maybe I could tap him, tap him up to get my arm done. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, well, you could have some sort of arcade I'm going to do that. I am going to do that, yeah. But you're um, going to have dig dugs. Oh, yeah. He'll definitely be on there with some others, I think. All in black and white shaded. It'd be lovely. Mm, yeah. Yes. I'm thinking about that already. So, yeah, that's good. Nice cool. one. Good to have him back. Pack maze. No. Get lost. No. Get lost. Don't like mazes. Get lost in this 18-acre Pac-Man-themed corn maze in Idaho. I couldn't think of anything more terrifying. No. <laughs> Why? I do not like mazes. I will not go in a maze. Why? Because I've seen The Shining. Little pigs. Little pigs. Let me come in. What a great film. Yeah, but not a very nice maze, especially with Jack after you with an axe. Not happening. It will happen if I go in one. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. Next. Do you get scared in long hotel corridors as well? Yeah, I'm not too keen on them, especially ones with horrible wallpaper. And then twins at the end of the corridor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> scary film, scary film. A lot of blood coming out of the lift. Oh, God. Blood. Here's a good one. For Toby Nanako posted this on Twitter, and it's a blog of a 2000s arcade gamer. So a gamer, Lauren Stone, she's called, who yeah. was, when we were like, I don't know, late 20s, she was like teenager. Yeah. So she grew up. Her experience of the arcades was DDR machines, the few fighting games that were left and it's a blog about how she's nostalgic for that time. Nice. Yeah, I didn't and read it, this. It's really interesting. You go and, it is. Read that. And it's it's another... We, we forget, you see. We just think it's all 1980s and then it stopped. But there's there's the generation after us grew up in arcades that we'd moved out of. Yeah, I sort and of it, did a little bit in the 90s with some games mm. before the kids came along and stuff. So, yeah, I did sort of... Because Weymouth is full of arcades. It even was in the 90s still. There's loads of them. So you couldn't really walk past them without seeing games and stuff. So, yeah, I did do a lot of that as well. Uh, it's a really interesting blog. And she also mentions uh, the Japan Arcade in LA. I've been in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good little place. They had a, a typing of the dead in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Couldn't make any, any sense of it because the Japanese have got a Japanese keyboard and you've got no Japanese to play it. But they did have a Sega Swing in there, which is a really rare cabinet, really odd-looking thing. That's right. Yeah, I've, my I've friend I talked about earlier, Adrian, used to have a swing, but he sold it and he, and he bought the uh, the Naomi. It's a really odd looking thing. Mm. Nice game though, nice machine. 
Yes, that's worth a read. It's just just for a different perspective on on the arcades, really. Yeah, another one here. Acclaimed PS4 developer Housemark. Uh, they changed course. They've changed course, saying arcade games are dead. This is an article on Kotaku, uh, and they did a game called Next Machina. They did a, um, a quite a modern 3D uh, twin stick game. It looks rather like Gauntlet Legends crossed with Geometry Wars. Right. I can't remember the name of it. I just told you. You'd think this was edited in afterwards or something. But uh, yeah, it looks a really good game. Apparently, uh, arcade games are dead. Tell that to all the people that went to Arcade Club. No. 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 And I've put here, who knew Turbo Outrun also had a deluxe motion cab? I didn't, but you did apparently. I did, yeah. They had one Weymouth. They're white. Yeah. Just, just like the red one. one. Same as the red one, but it's white. Yeah, I always played in like a, a skinny little sit-down thing. Yeah, the ones I've I've actually had a ooh, what did I have? I had a Outrun Cabaret at one point because I'm not really into Outrun. But I bought it because it was cheap, and that was converted to turbo. I had a button put on the on the the gear switch, which is your turbo button. And normally they came sort of converted or or in one of those upright cabs. But yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a white one. It's quite rare, I think. But Weymouth had quite a lot of moving cabs in, in one of the arcades out of the three. There was three in a row. I think the middle one had all the moving cabs. They had like Space Harrier, Deluxe, Outruns, and they had some, you know, the, the hang-ons and all that sort of enduro races. They had all the Deluxe ones. I'd yeah. like to have a go can't remember it, but I remember someone talking about it in one of the threads on one of the, the forums a while ago. And I also went, oh, yeah, I remember there was a white one in Weymouth, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. This is some news, good news for Australia. The Australians are getting their own Kong off. Richie Knuckles is going over and he's refereeing a Kong off. I think it's next week as we record this. And Tagster's entering. Go for it, Tagster. Is this going to be Kong off six? The official Kong off six? No, it's just... Just an Australian Australian version. And they've got their own marquee as well. Oh, nice. They usually do a limited number of marquees for the Kong offs and a lot of the competitors sign it. I think yeah. Alex has got one. They're quite expensive, but they're a nice looking thing if you've got a, a Donkey Kong or a Donkey Kong Junior cab to put it in. Awesome. Yeah, good luck, fav- Tagster. Yeah, I think the favourite is, is he called Alan Stahl, who played our Donkey Kong? Is it oh, Alan right. Stahl? Iku can kill screen it, I think. Wow. How's Mr. Charlie Fire getting on with the kill screen? Uh, he's still playing. Last I heard, he was up to 450,000, but I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks. Because he tweeted some of his scores recently on some other games, and I was. I was replying to him like a teacher filling out a report card. Yeah. And I put four out of ten, David must try harder <laughs> <laughs> on some of the games. I thought it was quite fun. This is a link from Dr. Dean. Les Dr. Alain, Dean, PhD. About the Soviet Arcade Museum. We have mentioned this before, but this is a different video. Oh, it's some a video this a, time, is it? Yeah, guy doing a walk round. I shall put a link to that on the website. It's very interesting. It's like a weird alternate reality arcade because we've never seen any of these games but they were popular in russia at the same time as we had all the american and japanese stuff one thing that does interest me about those games because they they are i think they're like knockoffs or copies of western games and they're very very simple because the hardware wasn't as good then especially in the soviet union um i was just wondering if they were actually manufactured as one-offs just by the people who had the arcade or whether there was a factory turning out thousands of them be interesting mm. to know because I don't know anything about Russia. I don't know any Russian people, so yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Hmm. We we have a Russian guy working on one of our machines at work. I wonder if he knows anything. Might do. Should ask him. Yeah. I know a Latvian guy, but he's not Russian. Hmm. 
Oh, no, it might not be Russian. It might be Scottish. Is there a difference? <laughs> Already joking. Right, oh. come on, let's move on. Arcade pickups. Right, the first one I've got. I'm going to have many, actually. I bought this from uh, I can't remember, an online game shop now because it was really cheap. A Tetris game thingy. It's a VFD game of Tetris. It's a modern thing. And it's actually a money box. It's Japanese. Right. I think it's, well, it's, it's sold in Japan. But I presume it's Chinese made by Hashi, a company called Hashi. And you've got to put 100 yen coins in the top of it to make it work. But it's basically a VFD version of Tetris. And it plays really good. Mm. I might have to post a little video of this. Because I sent the video link to the WhatsApp group of the Chris Parsons meet that's going on next week to show them guys what it looked like. But the main reason I bought it is I was thinking about taking it apart and putting a, a pie build in it. Yeah. We had a lovely little sort of arcade housing for a pie, but it's got a little joystick, two buttons. It's a really smart little thing. Pleased about that. I think Tetris does convert well to like sort of VFD style games, doesn't it? Because it's only blocks in it. Yeah, and it plays really nicely. It's like you can actually play a decent game of Tetris on it. It's not like a sort of, it's too small, you know, it's clumsy, it doesn't work well. It works really well, just as good as proper Tetris. Mm, very good, that. The other one I got is I got four cheapo crown joysticks. These are really dirt cheap joysticks. I got it from a UK VAT member called Jimmerd uh, for very cheap, very good price for these four joysticks. I thought I'd buy them because I'll probably use them in something. Maybe another yeah. twin stick setup or I don't know, whatever. Not the greatest of thing, but for the money, absolute bargain. Great. Uh, also, the last thing I got recently is a nice populated two-player Naomi panel for my friend Adrian who's actually selling up his arcade machine because he's moving to a new house, which is a lot smaller, so he can't mm. really have an arcade machine in there. Um, I'll be installing that so when we got another Twin Stick game. Maybe Robotron sometime in the future? Robot Ron. Robot Ron. Anyway, that, um, that Naomi of his is the nicest one I've ever seen. It's an upright yeah. Naomi Universal. It's got a brand new, new old stock populated panel on it, two-player panel. It's brand spanking new. It came out of the wrapper when he got it. Mm. And it's the nicest machine. It's got really good screen on it. It's got loads of extras, Naomi 1, Naomi 2, net dim board, all that sort of main computer. He's trying to sell it. If anyone's interested in an A1 Minty Naomi, give me a shout and I'll put in contact with him. Excellent. Really nice bit of kit, that is. And that's about it. Have you bought anything? No pickups for me, I don't think, at all. That's um, a quick one, no. wasn't it? Mm. Buy more stuff. Arcade Victorian Insults. For future Victorian Insults, I've had an idea. Go on. What we need to do, our, our expert team of writers, that's me, have run out of ideas to do. But if you want one of your friends or someone you know to be Victorian insulted, especially to do with arcade stuff, so say someone's done something silly in an arcade or they beat you at a game or you just want to give them a bit of grief, send in your arcade insults to the Victorians, and they will sort you right out. <laughs> so that's an idea for the future. Consider it a listener service. So none this week, but onwards and upwards with... Listener feedback. Here's the first piece of feedback from Chris CNP. He's put eaten the 30-year-old bubblegum yet that he gave us those Pac-Man stickers. I got Pac-Man stickers last week. I got Donkey Kong ones. Uh, no. <laughs> Not on your or anyone else's Nelly. I'm eating that stuff. But no, I chucked it. I am going to use the little stickers on something. I'm not sure what yet, but I do like these little Donkey Kong stickers. And rather than keeping as little collector's items in their little thing, I'm going to use the damn things. They're really cool, actually. 
What's a Kong lobbing a barrel? He's driving a little pink car there. Honk if you play Donkey Kong. Oh, I'm not put that on your car when you're down next. <laughs> Have you played any of the scratch-off games yet? I ooh, most of mine are stickers actually. I think I think only one of them is a scratch. Oh, there's one. There's a few there. No, I haven't actually. Mm. No, I haven't. Game of chance, isn't it? Next one, Lewis Batcave. Cheers for the extra fifty points. That's because he was playing the last game with his little son on his lap when he's playing. Didn't make any Lewis, difference though. Yes, Lewis IV. Yes, greatest Lewis podcast Ford. once again. He says. Thank you, Lewis. Mark Bell, he's posted a 1942 high score of 82,000. He's put, I really suck at 1942. Also, worst music in video game history. He's banned. Ban him. Yeah, how dare he. Banned. Ben of Steel. Sorry, go on. Don't interrupt Ben of Steel. You know what he's made of, don't you? Steel. Steel. Top tip. Tip top, top tip, tip top, podcasting sirs. Interesting to hear your Bishop of Battle thoughts in the next episode. Have a mega link too if you need it. Ah, yes, <sighs> ah, ah. We were talking about this before we went online. Right, we haven't watched it yet because I couldn't find anywhere to download it. I found that awful film, Joysticks, which is absolutely terrible. I don't think I can bring myself to watch that rubbish, but I really want to watch Bishop of Battle. So, Mr. Ben of Steel, get in contact with us. Send us a link, please. I was going to watch that in the bath the other day, but I couldn't because I couldn't find it. So watch Ben Heck instead. So yes, please, Ben. Yes, please. Anything in the bath. Tagster, he said, Vic and Sean Holly brighten up my life on the three hours drive home, like the sun rising in the morning, like the first bird chirping. Isn't that lovely? Cheepy, cheepy, cheep, cheep. Yes, it's nice. Dr. Dean Leslie, I've done a whole week of work and I'm yet to get through the last podcast. Value for money. Value for money. Mr. Head, Ed Horse sent us a picture from the Pittsburgh International Airport. Pittsburgh? T- yeah. That's what the they ten- say. Why? Because they do in Pittsburgh. That's what they say. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so they speak. And he's, and he's sort of got our podcast on a little tablet and he's about to listen to it in America, I think. Nice. Uh, and a couple of people enjoy what we're doing. Uh, SOSFX, nice one, guys. And Zipper liked the name Vincent Marmite. He makes a return in the high score table as Vincent Marmite. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. That's because you do the, the high score table, because you're an idiot. <laughs> Peter came and Sweden, all the way from Sweden. Badoo, badoo. Great podcast as always. I'm glad the recording of Sean's Pleiades game came came out as good as it did. He, he was holding the recorder while I was talking rubbish. Oh, he was your sound man, was he? The sound volume at the venue was crazy loud. Mm. Flinster, this is after giving me custard creams and bourbon biscuits. Oh, shirt. I'm in trouble, aren't I? Honoured to be insulted in a Victorian manner, though. Flim flammery, you say? Uh, He did say the biscuit box was more the message on the top of it rather than the contents of it. So fair enough. Mark H., excellent, great game, his pleads. Nearly as good as Phoenix, which came first. Nearly. I also like Star Force, which is very similar graphics to Pleiades, and I believe there is a link to the company that produced it. Tekken, of course. Yes, both by Tekken, yeah. Paul Perth 73 great episode, Victor. This episode's featured game got booted and switched straight back off. Bah! More shooters, please. Mm, You're shooting a div- rope out, aren't you? We've we've had some different opinions on rock and rope, which we'll get to later yeah, on. All of them, Roger- except ours, wrong. 
<laughs> Roger McGregor. Hi, chaps. Many thanks to the kind words said on your fantastic podcast regarding the Retro Sketch 3000 show. I'm oh. glad you're enjoying the episodes, Vic. I will indeed be featuring an arcade game in an upcoming episode, so look out for that. I certainly will send you out a signed PDF of any art created. Just let me know which one you would like. Thanks from the Pixel Monkey. Excellent. Yeah, I still I, haven't seen them. I should have watched that in the bath the other day because I got a few to catch up with. Idiot. Mm. I'll do it on the next one. Neil, 20 to 5. Hi, both. Thanks for keeping up the podcast, guys. Content still makes me chuckle out loud. It was equally good to catch up, albeit briefly, in amongst the madness at the tremendous UK back meet at Arcade Club, where I found myself addicted to the Ubik machines. See, I'm infecting people. Where I was doing really well, and some sort of bearded fool came along and mashed his sausage-shaped fingers all over my game. Good job, I love him. Please keep the Victorian insults going. It's great fun. Waiting for Holly to lose his accent and start laughing at himself, which happens a lot. <laughs> yes. Some great games mentioned in your top 100. Neo Drift Out, such a game. Such a shame this has no scoring to include in the podcast. Robotron, whatever the year is, is one of my favourites, as is Bomb Jacked. Gutted that you guys have already covered this before I found you. And then one of you mentioned Jungle King, a game I'd never heard of until the Sunday of the UK VAT meet, where I'd stayed under the hospitality of Who is Jimmy on the Saturday and Sunday morning. Spent the early part of the day playing on his cabs, one of which had this game on it. And we both got truly addicted to it, trading scores and progress game by game. The jury is still out on rock and rope, though. Mm. Phil Nez for Life, great podcast, guys. Love the part about the Kestrel, made me laugh. What was the part about a Kestrel again? I, I can't remember. We've got bad memories. We-, we talk rubbish and then just forget all we did. That's how we yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Even I got to listen to it the next day when I've edited it as well. Well, you do, yeah. one of the two of us. Aaron White of the RGDS podcast has visited Lincoln and seen the Salamander and Phoenix shops himself. Yeah, that I put a, took a photo of. And the last one was from Sal. I got this on an email. Uh, Hi, Victor. Really enjoyed Rock and Rope. I found it had decent sound music and awesome gameplay with just enough difficulty to ensure me to pump another virtual quarter in. I'm curious to find out on the next podcast how many levels there are, as I couldn't get past level four. Anyway, here's my high score submission. I couldn't do any better than that. And he gave us the score. Thank you, Sal. Nice. Shout out. Have you got any shout-outs? Do you know what? I've been so busy at work. I've Ugh. not filled. I've not filled a lot of this podcast notes in. Yes. My shout-outs. Someone noticed. My shout-outs will go to some people I have met and I like. How about that? Yeah. Okay. I haven't got many actually. There's only one. A few. I got Adrian. I went to see the other night. Hope his house move goes okay in the next couple of weeks, and hopefully he sells his mint name Universal. Again, if anyone's interested in a nice Naomi, give us a shout, and I'll put you in contact with him. Uh, another one is to Chris Parsons and all the retro baits I'll be seeing at the Parkade meet next weekend. Looking forward to that in Reading. Parkade, I like it. Yeah, Parkade. Nice. The Parsons Arcade. I'm down your area next week, you know. Are you? Well, I'm actually going to Cambridge to see a band with me, with me old Northampton mates. Okay. So... Is that in the evening, though? Yeah. Oh, Reading's quite away from there, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm visiting two of the people before I actually get there, so it's going to be a busy day. Yep. Top 100 arcade games. Right, let's do a few more of our top 100. If we could ever find an arcade big enough and find all these machines, we'd have these games in. And we've been doing this for fast, quite, quite a while now. What are your next five games you would have in your arcade? 71 to 75 this is kids Ooh. this is i'm gonna pick jumping jack 
I have good memories of this, and I think the theme tune is so catchy. Still remember it. I'm glad you like this game because it's one of my favourites. I, I really want to get back playing it. But I, I did loop it. I think you beat me on this one. Oh, yeah, I've, I've got 140,000. I've got quite a good score on it. I did loop it, but I really enjoyed playing that one. Next one, R-Type Leo, which is my favourite of the R-Type games and also one of my favourite horizontal scrolling shoot-em-ups. Great little mechanic, different to the other R-Types with its power-ups. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That, that game is quite a, a standout from the other two, isn't it? I nearly yeah. finished it. I very really? nearly finished it. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and... It gets stupidly hard, though, like the others. I thought the R-Types were hard, actually. Mm, rock and rope he's going to make it into my top 100 i do really? like it yeah mm, yeah it's, i'm it's not sure about that for me i got maybe, quite addicted maybe. to it and the last two this is what we're on about different controls earlier on yes. uh, hang on and super hang on i've been messing with racing games using the main setup just a joystick and buttons and some of them are actually all right to play if you set the sensitivity of your joystick right and then just have a button for accelerate and brake and then one for change gear whatever yeah. they are they are playable so i think maybe we could try and do like a, a racing game in the future maybe pole position or something or you know what would be better than a joystick yes an analog joystick i've got two analog joysticks mm. uh i think you'd need an is it an opti pack or an a pack a pack analog isn't it the hardware to attach to your PC to work. I think you need an A-pack. And I have actually got two analog joysticks. So you can play stuff like Food Fight and obviously yeah. different racing games where you need to sort of have different pressure on the joystick for your, your steering and stuff. Mm. So you could do that with a bit of messing, but the listeners wouldn't really be able to fairly compete with us. That's we'd, have to, we'd have to play it with Sodom. a digital... St- <laughs> A digital stick, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. I don't so. know. It's, it's something that is possible. I wonder what, what what would our listeners think about playing? Yeah, tell us about race, it. What do you think, listeners? A playing something like pole position or outrun or mm. even even like Sega Rally or Daytona or yeah, maybe something. I'm not into the racing games. So I don't really care. Winning but... run. I like them. Continental Circus. My favourite racing game is probably Rally X. Yes, it is good. It's got cars in it, hasn't it? You're racing around a track, why not? Overhead cars. Yes. So what's the difference between hang-on and super hang-on? Is there a turbo button or is it just different tracks or what? It is different tracks. It's a really hard super hang-on, but when you hit, I think it's 280 kilometres an hour, you can press your turbo button and you speed right up, right up your speed. Like a speedy thing jumping off a cliff. Yes. Mm. You're You're getting worse than me with your... Metaphorical scenes. Rubbish metaphor. My next five, anyway. Yes. Bubble Bobble. Boo. Wibble Wobble Bubble Bobble. <laughs> bubble Bobble. You don't like Wibble Bobble Bobble? Why not? It's all right. It's okay. It's a great game. It never mm. really came out in a proper cab. So I'd actually make one up with nice artwork on it. Because the Bubble Bubble Bobble artwork is amazing. Love it. Great game on two-player. I wish I knew more about it. I wish I... I think I may have completed on the NES years and years ago with Continues. But I've never done it in the arcade. There's so many secrets to that game. So it's just a great game. Really cute. Never gets boring. The music never gets boring. I really like it. So that'd be one for me. I know the listeners like it because it's very high up, shall we say, in oh, our top 50. We've been working on that lately. And yes, it is. Yes. So the next two are a bit of a cop-out. Mr. Driller 2 and Mr. Driller G which is Mr. Driller, great. I've got 
a stack of drillers. I've got Mr. Driller 1, 2, and G in a big stack, PCBs, all joined together by the four corner pillars. So I've got them all together. I could just swap the jammer adapter between the three when I want to play different ones. Absolutely love Mr. Drillers in any form. I've played it on the Game Boy Advance. I've played it on the Dreamcast. I used to play it on. I'll play Mr. Driller anywhere. You can get it on the Wonder Swan even. Really good game. Really nice little game. Love that. Another one on similar hardware, come to think of it, is Soul Calibur. I am I, surprised. I love Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. It was it was wow. such a standout game when the Dreamcast came out. It was easily the best fighting game at the time around then. I did have a Dreamcast and I for a, a few months and I did have that. It was really good, yeah. Yeah, I actually bought the original of that. I had a copy of it and I actually bought the original. Um, but when I bought my, one of my ponies, it had Soul Calibur in it. One of them had a Naomi system with tennis. One had Soul Calibur in it, and I played it for months. And I did sell it in the end because I had the Dreamcast version. But I should have kept it, really, because I do like that game. And Soul Blade, the earlier one, is very good as well. A bit more primitive, but it's earlier. Uh, Street Fighter Four in a candy yeah. cab, I'd have it. I love Street Fighter Four in the arcade. I'm not very good at it, but it's a game that gives me a workout. When I finish playing it, I am sweaty. Yeah, like a time pilot game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wears you out, doesn't it? So that is my five. I've got another six left, and then I've got updates and more. I've got to think of some more games to put on there, which is getting difficult now, isn't it? The last few. Yeah. It's getting hard work trying to find ones you haven't already got. Do you know what I've done recently? Go on. On our website, I've updated my top, you know, a fantasy arcade list has only got 10 games in it. Yeah, we've done that for a while, have we? I need to do that because I've, I've got some different opinions now. I've updated it, right, and it's always going to change my top 10, but my current top 10, you ready, kids? This is the best of the best for me, right? 1942, obviously, Centipede, Volgus, Sivern, Moon Patrol, Time Pilot, Scramble, Flicky, Star Force, Juno First. Are you sure you don't want that Moon Patrol PCB off me? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's tempting. You can have it cheap, or you can just borrow it for a while. It's up to you. Oh, that sounds better. Oh, you tight fist. You tight wad. I've got no use for it, mate. It still works fine. I'll send it to you. When am I seeing uh, you again next, anyway? I don't know. Uh, I'm not going up north for a while, I don't think. Are you coming down to see your mum at all lately? Next week, but I'm off yeah. to Cambridge then. No, 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 no. That's not... I'll work it out. Anyway, Oh, I'll tell you what. I will send you a box of nice things. I've got to send you some other stuff as well. Oh. I'll send you a care box. A, a, Hol- a Holly care package. Like they drop from aeroplanes in Call of Duty. Yeah, that sort of thing. I like mm, to call Call out. of Duty COD. I'll look out for an aeroplane. Do you want to play some COD on the, on the egg box? So we've missed a few sections out because you've been too lazy to put stuff in the in the notes. I've been working me knackers off. I know you have. You've worked too hard. But I tell you what, I have as well lately. I've been so busy at work because a lot of the work at my work, I'm the only person that can do it. Certain mm. certain types of the work I can only do. And tons of it has come in lately. So it's been piled all upon me. And I've been so worn out lately. But I've been trying... Putting that main back in the Naomi has made it a lot easier for me to just play a game. Rather yeah. than mess about with PC, which is never plugged in properly. And I've always got stuff on the table in this spare room. But in there, I can just go on, flick it on, a few games, turn it off again. So, yeah, that's been good. So we need to get into... Featured Game Review... This is rock, apostrophe, mm. rope. Yes. 
1983, known as a wire action game you've put there. A wire action. They call this a wire action game, like Bionic Commando, which is a wire action game, because you're firing wires around the place. Harpoons, yeah. Harpoons. Mm. Anyway, the rock in this game is nothing to do with rocks that that horrible thing throws from you above the screen. An ROC rock is uh, a bird. Yeah. Is it a mythical bird? Or is it a, a dinosaur bird? A rock? I can't remember. Do you know what it is? Do you know there's a hate beak in this? Yes. Okay. I know all about that hate beak. Well, I think the rock <laughs> is the opposite. I think the rock is a love beak. Love beak. Love beak. Yeah, because it's a beautiful looking thing, isn't it? It is, isn't it? So, this game... Right, right, let's get into this. This game is directed by Takuro Fujiwara. Fujiwara-san. Who also directed Puyin while at Konami. Don't so mind he's, Puyin. He's got, he's got a bit of form, this guy. Uh, he left after Rock and Rope and went to Capcom where he trailblazed the place with Pirate Ship Higamaru, Volgus, Ghosts Volgus. and Goblins, wow. Commando, Ghouls and Ghosts, most of the Mega Man games, and a large, gorgeous crate of console games for Capcom, as well as a few more arcade games. I'll put a link to the Wikipedia page about Takura Fujiwara, and you can see what stuff this guy's done. He started off the Resident Evil games. This guy has got really good form. This guy is brilliant. He left Konami, sorry, he left Capcom to form his own company, which made a game called Mad World on the Wii, which is really highly rated. I've never played it, but the, the art style is gorgeous. It's reminiscent of Frank Miller art style, like from those mm. films, like Sin City. All done in black and white, which is red blood. It looks really stylish. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. I've never played it. No, I, I might have to just get a Wii to play, actually. I haven't got a Wii anymore. Yeah, really good. True game-maker genius, this guy. Uh, this game uses the Konami Classic, or the Konami 36 pinout, which shares its pinout with a bunch of classic, excellent games. The PCB looks very similar to Circus Charles or Pilot of Time. Does so it? It's got, a small, it's got a large board on the bottom and a, a small top board. And it's got a little sticker on, like, Circus Charles as well. It's used as a 6809 CPU, which is a great CPU for games, and two AY8910s, the good old 8910, for sound, and is a vertically orientated game. Uh, the game is a... F- it says here a four-way stick. Well, I think it's an eight-way stick. No, it's four. It's four? Definitely four, yeah. Okay, I had it set eight-way, made no difference, so it's fine. Uh, and the two-button game. One button fires your harpoon gun. Or... And the other one fires your flishy, flashy flashlight. I got on much better when I, sw- I switched my cab to four-way and got on much better with the game. Really? I don't think it made a yeah. difference to me, really. So the gameplay on this game, uh, it's a fixed-screen platformer, but you need to get your explorer to the top of the screen to escape the level of the tail feather on the big bird. Bird. At the very start of the game, you get a little cutscene where the bird makes this lovely music and it flies up the screen all nice and slowly and sort of very royally regal bird and then it sits at the top of the screen the idea is to get to the bird which you attach to his tail feathers and he flies off with you on it so you escape that's the idea the love, of the game the love beak the love beak the love beak <laughs> it's a bit creepy that bit. yes the yes. love beak <laughs> let's not let's not do that shall we you mm. climb the platforms by firing your harpoon rope gun at the levels the wire flies out about 10 degrees I haven't measured it with my bevel protractor but I could, if anyone needs me to be, have a more accurate description. Could be 10, could be 9, could, could be, be 10, 11. It could be 10 degrees and 28 minutes. We need to know. We need to know. You can also let go of the wire when shimmying across it. As long as you don't fall too far onto a platform, because you'll break your legs. You can only have one wire active at a time. When you fire again, the last rope disappears. 
When you're on it, the baddies can shake the rope, and if you're moving when they do this, you'll fall to your death. If you keep still and they climb on the rope, you survive. Just keep still. Mm. And when they're on there, you can flash your flashlight in them and it knocks them off the thing as well, which is good. The croc-shaped nasties can also chew through the rope to kill you off because your rope breaks and you fall off the bitey bleeders. <laughs> if any baddie touches you, a croc or a caveman, you lose one of your explorers. If a nasty comes too near you, you can blast him right in the face with your pathetic weapon, a flashlight. A flashlight. Without even any bullets. This temporarily stuns them, and you can walk through them when they're in this state. The cavemen do try and do a little jumpy thing to avoid your flashlight, which is really annoying. Jumpy kick. They do a jumpy kick, and they sort of miss your flashlight when you're doing it, but you can get them with it. But you don't normally get hit by them. Just keep flashing away. You can collect flashing bird eggs, which enable you to kill baddies for a very limited time, and making the baddies fall off a rope will kill them. Just start a new rope off when they're on the old one, or stay still when they join your rope and flash them in face, make them fall to their doom. Doom. Climb from platform to platform to ascend to the top where the phoenix is. If you collect feathers on the way up, there's two, you get bonus points for that. There's a hate beak patrolling the top of the screen and drops rock on your heed on later levels with decent accuracy. Hate beak! This is one of the worst hate beaks in the game, I think. That rock, it just bounces all over the place. It yeah. homes in on you. Because it, it flies across the top of the screen and drops rocks, it really reminds me of one in Kicker. Because mm. that bird flies across the top and drops rocks down, but not with very good accuracy. It just drops them straight down. This thing bounces all over the shop and goes for you. Mm. And there's a little thing to do with a bit of confusion we had with the level selections, the difficulty levels on this game. Because I was getting the rocks come down at me on level two. Yeah. So maybe, is that is that right? Yeah, well, you can get them on level one if you hang around too long. Oh, really? So it takes a little while mm. for him to chuck them down, does it? Because he just flies yeah. around normally. And if you hit the bird at the top, he'll kill you as well. Mm. So you can flash you can him in the face. You'd be getting any points for it. I know, it's weird that, isn't it? Yeah, because you could step at the top just kill him loads of time. But yeah, you, you, you can kill him off and get no points. So level one, a bunch of platforms. Get to the top while trying to get the items. Level two, similar to the first level, but the platforms are bigger to run around on. Level three platforms and some odd elevators and a windmill type platform just avoid them they're just a pain i didn't even bother going on them they I can sort of catch them. you and then you fall off them and die Ugh, rubbish level four loads of bananas everywhere bananas oh, oh no no actually more platforms sorry this time with a waterfall in the center don't get hit by it or death or a nice shower you decide nice shower and, and death uh, when you get to the bird you get a nice interval where the birdie of paradise or posh seagull, or love beak. Love the beak love of love. Beak. Need Barry White to do that bit. Um, the beak of love. Oh, actually, we've got him here. <laughs> and you fly off to freedom and do the next level. Uh, I presume after level four, it loops around and you just get the, the harder levels. Yeah, it does. Actually, have you not seen level five? No. It is full of bananas, you were right. Level 5 is full of bananas. We should have it on a (laughs) t-shirt. 10 pence arcade, level 5, it's full of bananas! (laughs) It's not actually. Is it level 5? It just loops, it just carries, go back to 1. I thought so. Um, But I did, when I watched a video on it, someone playing quite well, I noticed that the bird comes down to different levels on the later levels. It's not just up the top, he goes down different levels as well. I didn't see that. Yeah, apparently the bird does come down to different levels, which makes it harder. I got to seven, I think. Level seven's the best I did. So that's number three, second time round. Yeah. Okay. The game looks like it speeds up considerably after the first episode, which actually looks more fun, because it is a bit slow going at the start, isn't it? Mm, yeah. 
So I think more speed would be better. So, play tips and secrets on this game. It's quite a simple game, isn't it? But it, it has is got a... nuances. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's quite a lot going on, really. So the main play tip secret we got in sent by Steve Tyke, who's a very good player, and we linked his video on a webpage, but it's the level three rinsing action. Mm. Basically, you grab points by collecting the flashing power-up egg and run into as many baddies as you can, and you can group them up by constantly flashing your torch at them. And you get like yeah. five or six of them all together, and, and, and then you just get the, the, the bird egg and let them walk into you. But apparently if you walk into them while they're stunned, you get less points. Yeah, there, there is a few little bugs like that, yeah. The, the yeah. dinosaurs don't give you the full points. Oh, really? Because no. when, when, you, when you've got the power-up and you're flashing and the really nice music's playing, if you flash one of the baddies when you're on the rope, rather than touching him, you get a lot less points. You get like 400 rather than 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. So it's mm. best to actually walk into them when you're doing that. But you haven't got a lot of time to walk into them. But the thing on level three, you can just keep flashing and get like five or six of them grouped together, gets you tons of points. And you can do it in different areas, or not just that area on level three. I've, I've done it in different areas where you can group a load of them together. You can do it on all screens, but there's one place on level three where it's very successful doing that. I noticed that. there, I think Chris Parsons said he kept getting hit by the rock. The you rock do. couldn't touch where I was, because I was doing it for ages, and the rock couldn't get you. Really? Yeah, just wouldn't get me. I never got, never got hit by the rock on that level at all. So or were you be. in the bottom right-hand corner kind of thing? No, sort of in the middle, to the left-hand side, a little bit. Mm. Yeah, when you actually, hit. when you loop it, the thing that is different is the eggs and the feathers are in different places. Oh, I see. That would make it different, wouldn't it? Mm. Nice. My tips, you can run under the stupid bouncing rocks. They, yeah. they, when they kind of home in on you, they, they like bounce along the platforms. They don't follow any logic. They, they'll bounce all the way along a platform to get you, or sometimes they just bounce through the platform straight down to the ground like a barrel in Donkey Kong. That kind of reminds me of Donkey Kong, because sometimes Donkey Kong, it'll fire it miles across the screen. Mm. You, know, you, you sort of expect it to just bounce around a little bit or go straight down, and it goes for miles. Yeah, some of the bugs I've found, you can actually fall through the platforms on the third screen if you get near to those stupid moving, rotating platforms. Oh. They kind of kind of like lift you up slightly, drop you back onto the platform, but you fall straight through it. And it also happens on the fourth screen if you are directly above the waterfall. You can fall straight through that platform, straight through the waterfall. Oh, really? Another yeah. t- little tip secret I, I sort of garnered from myself from watching Steve Tyke's video is when you fire your rope out and you go up a level, before you do anything else, fire your next rope you're going to use. Because it takes time for the rope to come out. So fire your rope, then deal with the baddies by flashing them in the face and then get up your rope. But if you t- fire your rope out when the baddies are after you, they'll usually get you before your rope's hit where it needs to go. So that was a, yeah. good, a good thing to do, is fire your rope out first before you do anything else. Shorter rope is better, obviously, because you've got yep. to keep your, keep your eye on both sides of the rope. Yeah, because sometimes they climb on it. If they climb on it and they start shimming towards you, just stay still and flash them in the face, and you won't fall off. But if you start moving, you fall off. And the... The crocodiles, or alligators, or dragons, whatever they are, they'll bite through it and fall, knock you off. You can only fall a very small amount, which mm. is not very far. It's not even the height of your character, I don't think. Maybe, maybe the no. same height as your character. So you can sort of move around and jump off the, the platforms. Another thing to do as well is when you've, you've used a rope and you're off the rope and someone's climbing up it, if you fire another rope, that rope disappears and they fall to their death and you get points for that. Yeah, that's I use that quite a bit, yeah. But that's about the only sort of tips we can give. The, the game is quite difficult. I couldn't get into it for ages, but when I watched that video and learned sort of a little bit how to play it, I can play it better, a lot better than I was. And I quite enjoyed it in the end. I, I did. It took me a while to get into it. I was raging at it for a while, like, and then 
when I eventually did do level one, I started to get into it, and now I can really do level one very easy and two, and then three and four get harder. Yeah, it took me ages to do a level one. But it, it really can be a long time. Another thing I don't like about it is the collision detection. The collision detection is is very against you rather than for you. Because sometimes I've been I've been flashing away at some of the baddies and they're right over an egg. And you sort of think, right, they're all here now. I'll go and get the egg and get them all. And you'll actually touch the egg and you're not right over it. And one of the baddies will come back to life and kill you. And also another bug, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, is that the green crocodile things, dragons... Sometimes you flash them, and as soon as you stop flashing them, they'll come back to life. They won't. They yeah. won't sort of stand there dazzled for a while. So they come back a lot quicker, and you'll get killed with it. It's yeah, really annoying. That. And when I was playing this morning, I was in there. I thought I have a few games before we do the podcast. I actually got really annoyed with that part of it and just turned it off. Like, right, I'm not going to get any better than I did. I don't want to play it anymore. So I've given it a rest for a little while. I've played it a hell of a lot, actually. I've not really improved on it for a week, but I've played it a lot. Same here. Um, I wanted to put more effort into playing the games because I haven't done for a while because I've not been had a cab to play them on. Now I've got the cab, it's a lot easier for me to do that. So I have had a good go at it. I thought, right, I really didn't like it. And I thought, when I first played I thought, this must be a game that's pretty good because it looks good, it's Konami, it's the right year, it's got nice graphics, really nice, really nice sounds, actually. And I thought, I must play this. It must be a way to get into it. And there was actually a way of getting into it. And when you learn how to play it a bit better... It is worth playing. But a lot mm. of our listeners got bored of it very quickly. It they, is one they of didn't them, stick it? at it. It's a game you sort of do need to stick at, and it's one that I had enough patience to stick at, and I'm glad I did. When I realised that you've got to stop still when you're firing the harpoon... Yes, it won't I, work I, if you move. I was moving along, pressing it, and I, I, I was thinking, this harpoon is not sticking to any scenery, it just keeps stopping. Yeah. And then I realised your character has to stop, fire, and then move. So it's a good idea when you get off... Up onto a platform off your harpoon is get another one going quickly and just leave it there deal with the monsters you know flash them in the face get them out of your way wait until they've gone get them with the egg then go up your your line not do it the other way don't don't kill them off and then do your line because when your line's going up because it takes quite a while to get to where it's going especially if it's a long rope the baddies will get you in the meantime so mm. you need to sort of do that quickly and, and first that's the key to this game I think but the graphics and sound on it I really really like them for a 1983 game, I think it's brilliant. Did you notice, I think, maybe when you kill one of the monsters, it uses the same noise as it does in Turtles when you pick up the the bomb in the middle. Does it? I hadn't noticed. Same company, they're just reusing their sounds. I'm sure there's some other sounds in there as well. And I could almost bet money it's the same composer. They did all the little tunes for Turtles, they did the tunes on this. They're very similar, similar hardware. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed the tunes on it. Excellent. Yeah, the, it, the graphics are really well done, I think. The, yeah, they're the, nice. Nicely yeah. drawn. So, let's get on to the painful, painful subject of the scores. Anyway, here we go. Ross Ross, 500, is put, I'm away right now, but I did play Rock and Rope once. I got 500 approximately, no picture, now give me my point. <laughs> we can't do that without a picture. We'll have to make him play it again to give him his point. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Give him a point. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Andrew Driver, 8,000 points. Rob, player missile, 11,000 from mini missile number one, who doesn't like it, but mini missile number two, his younger five-year-old, loves it and got 16,500, which is a bit higher up the score we're going to mention in a minute. So Rob has got 11,000. Thanks for playing, Rob. Uh, Ed Horse with his hooves. 
12,640. Nice work. This reminds me of Ice Climber. I always divide by 10 on Charlie Farr. So, yeah, he's been done pretty well if he's dividing by 10. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that this is now half past three in the afternoon and we have got an hour and a half of the score challenge left on mostly Twitter, some Facebook entries. So, if someone puts a score in at 10 to 5 I'm going to have to change this change yes, this chart that's okay. so, it will be on the website though if people want yeah. to look up the scores but I don't think anyone's going to beat the top score no this is as of 3.30 so there's an hour and a half left I might play it for another hour of it because see if I can beat beat someone who's beat me anyway it's Mark Clayton 13,420 I don't like it I'm glad you did the voice I don't like it I don't like it Carl Parry, 14,240, really struggling with the controls. Ooh. Paul McCaskey, 15,240, had a few goes tonight. It's tough going. Love playing it on the Pi to Jammer, though. It was well worth buying. I'm loving my Pi to Jammer. I have my cab on now. Mmm, jammy Almost. pies. Yeah, they're nice. I have it on a lot more than I did. Nice. All, almost every day now. Same with me, putting the main back in the Naomi, back in a proper cab. With a nice 29-inch screen as well, so it's good. Uh, little Mini Missile number two, 16,500. Well done, Mr. Mini Missile. It's a really yeah. good score for a five-year-old. Well done. Button mashing fun. He's having fun mashing buttons to death. 16,730 rock and rubbish. <gasps> is my feeling on this game. He's put. Uh-oh. Sol, 18,950. Can't work out a strategy other than to not play it. <laughs> Woody, new player, thanks for playing 22,260, only had an hour or so on this and I thought it was a great game can I submit more than one score? of course you can then later on he's submitted this score and he's put I am done, grrr he's done a grrr, he's done like a lion grrr, grrr. Uh, Matthew Bridge 37,240 I can't get off stage, bloody four uh, and here's the Vincent Marmite player that's me your... everyone <laughs> Vincent Sorry, Vic. 44,330. I'm not I great at this. don't even like Marmite. It's dog uh, Marmite's great. Oh, Marmite. Oh. Marmite is I'd rather really lick good. the pavement. Really? Mm. I'd lick the pavement if there was Marmite on it. 44,330 I got. Uh, I could probably do better, but I didn't want to do the the, the, the point scabbing trick on level three. I just thought that was a bit of a waste of time. Mm. Yeah. So everyone above me has been doing that. They're all banned. <laughs> all of them. Chris Mooncrested Bootleg. 46,390. Utter tripe, he's put. Not a fan of this one. Oh, dear. He's made of tripe. That's what he is. <laughs> Brian Hambo. I'm going to call him Brian Haribo. Yeah. Because I like Haribo. 47,320. Have them bananas. There is bananas. Yeah, yeah. Salbug. So you call him Salbug. Sal is scored 48,250. Nice one. Uh, Ian Cullen, 48,430. Trollnads 53-230 and no comment from Trollnads. Unusual. I'm, I'm surprised. Mark Happy Dude, 66-980. Starting to enjoy it a little bit. Stupid deaths made me rage quit a few times. And myself. I think he's playing it now, so I think he may have he may be beating this score as Ooh, we speak, but okay. I'll check on Twitter. Tagster, who was playing on an easier mode, he didn't realise. We had some confusion. Oh really? So he, he had 120,000, and then he started playing on the correct settings, and he's got 75,490. Yeah, but what settings is he using, though? On the can't, standard main, there's, trusted. Di- there's a difficulty level from 1 to 16. And the, oh, really? Yeah, and the standard is 5. Which yeah, mine's play. on 5. But on the advanced main, 
and Final Burn Alpha and MAME 2003 that are the ones that are on Raspberry Pis. Yeah. There's difficult, the difficulties are different. My advanced MAME has got four difficulty levels in four settings. So you've got easy one to four, oh. normal, normal one to four. So I, I worked out that normal one was difficulty five. Oh, God. And then I, I played them both on the cab and then on my PC, on my MAME setup. Yeah. And they both seemed the same. Normal one, difficulty five seemed the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I got in fourth place, it's me, and I might beat this. I've got another hour yet, kids. 78,940. I got that a week ago. And yeah. I haven't been able to beat it. I'm not, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I sort of got to a plateau and can't really get any better than that. I got a few near 40,000 when I was playing it. And I could probably, I was trying to do better this month. I thought, I'll use this point scabby trick. And I just got bored of, of getting killed unfairly. So I, I turned it off. Mm. 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 Harumph. Neil, 20 to 5. He's done well. Uh, 91, 390. Didn't he do well? Huh? <laughs> it's okay. Grows on you. Hampered by poor controls and lack of escape at times. True that. Lemming drops the biggest pain. Yeah. yeah. When that stupid bitey thing bites your rope and you fall off. God, that's annoying. Or when you think you're on the rope and just walk off a platform because you're not actually on it. I did plenty of that earlier as well. Oh, Charlie Farr, I think he's had one go while eating a sandwich, cutting his toenails. Yeah. Rock and rope he's put with 101,420 he did not like. I think this was what I gave him 4 out of 10 for. David must try harder. Yes. He's capable of better. He's better than that. Now go and sit in a corner and have a word with yourself. And top of the scores, Steve Tyke, 155,620. Think I'm done at that score, rocks and all. I thought he got over 300,000 on this. He did, but he was playing on the wrong difficulty level, we ah, noticed. Thanks for, thanks for yeah. telling us, though. Yeah, the bird wasn't dropping the rock, so I noticed, and a couple of other Twitterers noticed, and said, how come your bird's not dropping? How come the hate beak's not dropping rocks? Mm. And then he realised it was uneasy. Well, yeah, I think that was a genuine mistake, wasn't it? Because there were so oh, many yeah. settings you could do, he probably didn't, didn't notice. Uh, cool. Still still got the top spot, though. 155,620. Nice. Well done. Right, the cabinet art on this game, there wasn't... I don't think there was a real cabinet. I did mm. find a picture of a cabinet with rock and rope, but I'll put it on the website. It has only got... It's got two joysticks for two players and only one button each. So I don't think it was... I think it's a cab made up to look like a rock and rope, but it wasn't one. But mm. it did have a kit because there's, there's cabinet art. There's um, a control panel, which looks really nice with caveman and, and the monsters on it and r- ropes and stuff, which looks quite good. A little thing telling you how to get up the, ro- uh, the platforms. A CPO, marquee and side art. Uh, the cab picture on our site is that one I said about, so I don't think that's right. Uh, and the bit of trivia on this game, this is a spiritual prequel to Barnet Commando, not surprisingly. Uh, yeah. Also by Takuro Fujiwara. Now, there's only two ports of this, official ones. The Atari 2600 version, which looks actually quite good, and a ColecoVision, which also looks good. They do look good renditions of the game. You can t- easily tell it's those games. Uh, and you can also play on sort of later modern Konami compilations. There's one called Arcade Hits on the DS with a bunch of other cooler Konami games on there as well. Right. Overall thoughts. So yeah, overall thoughts, and maybe, how can we improve this game? I've put, I started off hating it. Something about it, though, kept me playing, and I got right into it. Now the novelty is wearing off a bit, but I still do like it, and I'm going to play it for another hour. Some unfair elements, as we've talked about. I like the graphics and the sound. The improvements, I'd sort the bugs out, where you fall through platforms you're actually stood on. Mm. I'd have the flash stun time reset when you hit an enemy, right? You, you you stun an enemy, and like for say five seconds, he's stunned. 
but you press the flash again and it doesn't reset the five seconds so you've got to wait wait until he's back to life and then stun him again or you just keep hammering the flash button yeah but when you've got a load of them around you if you could just keep stunning them all and then get on the rope and do a runner but you can't do that because some of them will be coming to life before others yeah it's, you know a, what I mean? it's a bit annoying that and the green one comes back almost immediately when you've stopped and you flashed him with the light it's dead annoying sometimes yeah yeah and I'd get rid of the moving platforms on the third level they are useless and I'd make the bouncing rock more gravity obeying mm. and the, my final thoughts I think I can't see this doing that well in the arcade because it doesn't obey the laws of the arcade which is simple to play gotta be you've gotta be you gotta know what you're doing immediately straight away yeah the first 10 yeah. seconds you know what you're doing and have a couple of minutes worth of play out of it before you get beaten and then when you come back you know exactly what to do and you can get better. This game takes a while to get into. I used to play this just every now and again, thinking, oh, this is a Konami game. It's an early Konami game. Konami 36 pin out. It's going to be a good game. And hating it because I couldn't get past the first level. But now mm. I know how to play it. I've, I've really enjoyed it. But I think if poor old Rope Man had a jump button and Konami programmed in some jumping elements into it, rather like Donkey Kong, the platform and climbing would be a lot better. So you could climb mm. up platforms, go up steps maybe, as well as use your rope, that'd be a lot better. Donkey Kong with a harpoon gun? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've always played, well, I've always had a look at it, and I've always been battering the f- harpoon button, not knowing what I'm doing, because you've got to stop and press the button and wait for the harpoon to come out. I always got I- knocked off me off me wire because I didn't know to keep still when they climb it, and it just flash mm. them in the face when they're coming towards you. Yeah. And also, the, the way of using the rope, getting off it, and then firing another rope ready to climb it for your next bit of climbing is key to this game. It really is key. When you can mm. sort of get in your mind you've got to do that, your game will last a lot longer and you have more fun out of it. But in the end, I did enjoy it, and I've got round back again to the stage of disliking it a bit because of the, the bugs and the unfair gameplay in some elements. Yeah, I, I found it quite addictive. I played it a lot more than I thought. I was going to. Just I, I, to I'd try. give it, if I had to, seven out of ten? Maybe six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I a lot. I came into it thinking, I'm going to hate this. I'm going to slate it to death. I'm not even going to play it. But I'm glad I stuck at it. Really. Konami were doing some great stuff around that time. You've got. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, Road Fighter. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was the blip in their thing. This guy didn't Pandora's make that game. Pandora's Palace. That's, That's a, a good little game. It reminds mm. me, the graphics remind me of Pandora's Palace. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think Circus Charles is similar to that time as well. Time pilot. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so they they were going through a golden era back then. Anyway, kids, it's it's kind of a thumbs up from us. I know we had a few people frustrated with it, and I can really understand that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we will be doing a Bishop of Battle review when we both get the chance to see it. So that will come in the future. Let's do... Next show's game. The next game is a listener pick. We both sort of settled on it together, but this is a game sent in by a listener. We don't know who, but thank you anyway. Can't remember. Time Pilot 84, the sequel to the incredible Time Pilot. Konami game, ROM set 1, please. Uh, TP84, I think it's called. Main default settings, which are three lives, extra life on 20,000 and every 60,000 after that. And the difficulty is number three, hard, apparently. Mm. Don't know if it's a hard level or not, or hard, very hard, I don't know. There's hardest and mm. oh good God after that. Oh my you, lord, you're you joking, are having, aren't you? 
You are having a giraffe, ain't you? You're having you? a giraffe, that's, ain't you? That's, that's the level after I'm that. I'm sure that's in the, in the, in the dip switch settings. Anyway, mm. submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10pscore, 10pscore, or on Facebook as a comment, or on our podcast post, or send me an email, whatever you like. Pictures would be nice as well. And the deadline for the score submissions for the next game is Sunday 19th of November, 5 o'clock UK time, please. Mm. Um, Somebody actually didn't do a hashtag 10p score and I missed it. Oh. For the play ads one. Oh, was it any good? It wasn't, it wasn't a massive score. I think it might have been tactical genius. I can't remember. Okay. Anyway. Well, got to use the hashtag. Mm. And just before we close, and I've got to get off to my gig, and you've got to go and play this game again for another hour. We need some audio submissions that people would like to hear. When we do the the top 50 games, which is going to be 17th of December, I think. Yeah. That's when we record it. So probably about the 19th or 20th of December it's been released. Uh, it's quite a good one. We're working on it at the moment. We need some audio submissions for the games you like. And some of the examples of them is Outrun. It's definitely on there. Street Fighter 2 is definitely in there. The Star Wars Vector game, uh, Donkey Kong, Bubble Bubble, Pac-Man, Double Dragon, Robotron, R-Type, Track and Field, Space Invaders, all that sort of stuff. All the popular ones you can think of that you think yeah. may be in the top 50 and probably are. We need some audio submissions. Well, please. Yeah, we've got loads of comments and, and little stories from people that I've put into the show notes. Yeah. Got loads of the written stuff, but only how many audio have you got? I've only got one. I've got about three, I think. I want to right. hear people talking about this. So send in your little audio clips. Uh, doesn't matter how good they are. We can clean them up if they're a bit crackly. Uh, send them to me or Sean. I'd be very grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, just your experiences of it, what you like about it. Just, just say a minute or two minutes. Yeah, it doesn't have to be very minute. long. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Be excellent. And uh, on that note, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening, Kitty Winks. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 